0: Hey guys, welcome to Bodhi Talks 21st century podcast on peacefulness and mental health. I am Rian Kumar
1: and I'm Sartak Tandon and we are your hosts.
0: So what is Bodhi Talks? Bodhi Talks is a podcast for the purpose of giving useful insights about mental health in different fields of society and how different individuals in those fields excel. It gives information on mental health in different spheres of society and the importance of peacefulness in life.
1: The Buddhist concept of Bodhi is spiritual awakening. When a humanity is the best version of yourself and self-consciousness. In, in this podcast, we have interesting discussions about mental health, mindfulness, and most importantly, discussions with different personalities on different things and the impact of mental health and its importance in their day-to-day life.
0: So why is mental health important? Firstly, mental health includes emotional, psychological, social well-being of an individual. It, it affects how we think, how we act, and how we feel. It also determines stress, how we handle stress and relate to others and make choices. Mental health is important in every stage of your life, from your childhood, to your adolescence to your adulthood. Mental health is important because it's a vital part of your life and it impacts your thoughts, behaviours and emotions.
1: So, well, unaddressed mental health problems can, of course, have a negative influence in, uh, on uh, homelessness, poverty, employment, safety, local economy. They may impact the productivity of local businesses and healthcare costs and impede the ability of children and youth to succeed in school. And, well, uh, I, I imagine all of us who are going through online school right now, we've all already been facing a lot of stress because of the uh, exceeded amount of homework and the uncertainty of the situation. But that's just one perspective, right? So, the purpose of our podcast is to explore mental health from different perspectives and not to have a bias. What we intend to do is remove any stigmas associated with mental health. And that's from different perspectives that can be in corporate or as a teacher, of what mental health issues they face. So, just different perspectives of, of mental health and its relevance in different people's lives. So, this is why. This is what the purpose of our podcast is. Our first guest for today is Chandni Ma'am.
0: Chandni Ma'am or Chandni Bedi is a social sector practitioner with 17 years of experience working with a non-government organization called the Nabjoti India Foundation. She's currently the director of rural management and training institute in the organization, a Delhi University topper with a background in environmental sciences. She has worked extensively at grassroots level in village development programs, organizational development, and strategic management, apart from taking several initiatives for disadvantaged groups. Chani Ma'am has developed and implemented various models such as crime prevention model and good governance model for NGOs and 4C model of community college to revolutionize the education system. She has served the organization in various capacities and was the executive director in past.
1: She has delivered sessions at various national and international forums. Shani Maam has contributed articles, papers and forums and journals, books, newspapers on environment issues, gender issues, skills of youth and governance. Her interest has always been in projects that are interdisciplinary and which also foster dialogue in policymaking. She is passionate about working with people, contributing meaningfully in their lives and was rewarded for the Samarpan Award for her work in the social sector. She was also awarded by Dainik Chakran for her exemplary work on women empowerment in
0: 2018. Oh, ma'am and most importantly, she's a mentor to all of us, Sartak and me personally. She has mentored us through our journey on our podcast and our other venture. So hi ma'am and welcome to our podcast.
2: Hi, Ryan, Hi, Sartar. Thank you for having me here.
0: Hi, ma'am. So it's been tough times. How has your lockdown journey been?
2: Well, we all have adapted to new ways of living during these times, haven't we? Um, lockdown for me has been an opportunity, opportunity for self-awareness, self-exploration, self-discovery, coupled with lots of learning and lots of gratitude. Uh, questions like, what is it that I want to do? What matters to me the most? What are my likes? And especially, what is it that I will never do? These questions have steered me to do new things which somewhere were lost in the hustle and bustle of normal routine. It has brought to the forefront the real me, the virtues like being patient, adaptable, differentiating between needs and wants, questions like, do we really need to s- so many clothes or bags or expensive phone? I have learned new skills. Challenging myself to go digital, and so have our beneficiaries. I've rediscovered culinary skills. Reading has become a part of my daily routine, reconnecting with old friends. And I'm personally realizing that I'm socializing a lot, virtually, of course. So, lockdown to me has actually
1: been hope and optimism. Yeah, That's I think lot amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. I think a lot of people during lockdown have done lots of self-reflection. I think everyone has had more time to explore their interests and discover what they're actually good at, which they never thought they would be. So yeah, that's been really
0: amazing. Yeah, the journey of discovering new interests is absolutely blissful. Talking about uh, discovering new interests, how do you regu- uh, how do you manage your time uh, considering that you're doing a lot of stuff and lockdown is coming? Do you have a schedule? How do you manage your time in this lockdown?
2: You're right. It is very important to navigate our ways to manage time. One really needs to understand when our energy levels are high to optimally utilize the day. So my day begins with morning uh, one hour meditation as I practice vipassana, which is an ancient technique of meditation by Gautam Buddha. It is followed by half an hour exercise. I plan out my month and week and days. Uh, For the day in particular, I use MIT approach. That is most important task. I ensure my goals for the day are accomplished professionally. 9.30 to 6.30 PM goes into my work. And after a after short break, I prefer to connect with my friends or read motivational thoughts and share those thoughts or read a good book before I sleep. So I structure my day and manage time by spacing it appropriately to take care of physical, social, mental, and spiritual nourishment, as well as my professional commitments. Mm, that makes no wow. sense.
1: And that's a really, really well-managed time. I know a lot of people during lockdown have been struggling with time management, but that's really good advice. And I hope that our viewers can benefit from that and implicate that that those that advice in their daily daily life. So as you said, that you've been socializing a lot during lockdown virtually, right? And everything suddenly turned virtual and people have to navigate their way through technology. And so how do you regulate your screen time? Because over screen time does have some side effects, right?
2: Right, Sarthak. I try to be mindful of my fragmented and focused time. When I say fragmented time, it is usually the breaks between these virtual meetings. So I prefer to usually use that time and focus on tasks which can avoid screen. Uh, well, I also ensure that I enjoy my meals without my laptop or phone around. I am also trying to develop a habit of trading TV shows, or uh, YouTube videos with podcasts learning from you guys, which leaves my eyes free. And instead of being glued to TV or laptop, I prefer to observe nature, the clouds passing by plants or birds just outside my workstation at home.
1: Yeah, I think that's really good advice. Meditation, meditation. And just like getting off your phone and talking to your family members and just like discovering the nature outside your house as well. Even though we cannot go outside, we can still look outside the window and still get the fresh morning air. And we, I think everyone should inculcate some non-screen time in their lives because it's really important, especially during lockdown. So, and during lockdown, talking about COVID, the cases have constantly been on the rise in India. So what are your views on this? Uh, what are your views on the increasing number of cases in India? And how has it impacted the, uh, especially the lower, uh, people from a low-income background since you work worked with so many of them?
2: Uh, clearly, yeah, India is facing a challenge with rising cases. But I also believe that there is no need to panic. The recovery rate is good amongst the people who are affected, while there is no denying fact that there are uh, unreported cases as well. The cases will further rise as government is trying to boost economy. The citizens, I feel, have to be more vigilant. They have to be more alert and careful by observing rules and regulations, maintaining hygiene, ensuring social distancing. Uh, We all need to be united to defeat this virus. And there is no reason for being complacent. There are various training modules which are launched by government and various foundations which are available free of cost. So we can encourage people to actually learn more about this virus and especially how to safeguard themselves and their families. Uh, Well, talking about the marginalized uh, people, uh, it has been challenging for them, no doubt, especially for children. Children are feeling restless. They're struggling with anxiety, frustration of not being able to step out or play or go to school. And this is aggravated by the fact that there is a loss of employment, loss of jobs in their families that they see every day. So it's been varied emotions. They miss their friends. They miss their schools. They're struggling with studies. uh, They have limited access to digital platform. So as NGO, we are exploring tools and techniques that can aid children in managing their emotions. We're keeping them engaged with various activities so that they don't feel isolated.
0: That's amazing. Talking about, uh, the talk about marginalized communities and these children. Mom was a social sector practitioner. That means she was working with a lot of NGOs. So how's your experience been? You've been working for a lot of years with these, uh, with the social sector. How's your experience been in the social sector?
2: Rian, it has been a very satisfying journey, I must say. Uh, And when you especially get to know that, you know, the efforts that you have put in, they are bringing in results. It's, It's a sheer joy to see the changes that happen in someone's life, whether it's a child who has been able to fulfill her or his dreams, or a woman who feels more confident and self-reliant when skills and livelihood are given to her, or a youth who has become more productive member of the society, or a community as a whole who benefited when a green space is created or water is provided through various environmental interventions. Uh, But social work and change is a slow process, though. We have witnessed lives being transformed. There's no denying the fact. A woman who was in whale, she is now training aboriginals in Australia. A child who was into deviant activities in a slum who was a thief is now a teacher. A young boy who stitched bags at home is providing employment to 30 youth members as he has become an entrepreneur. So in my experience, I have learned a a mantra of four Ps through social work. And that mantra of four Ps is Uh, the first P, which I say is the purpose, you find a purpose of your life. That is what I have found through my social work and all these years of experience. The second P is one needs to prioritize. Uh, We should not try to solve all the problems in the society. Prioritize what is significant. What are your strengths? Prioritize your resources and time as well. Third P which I say is being persistent. There'll be Challenges on the way, there'll be ups and downs. We face these challenges every day when we go out there in the field. Uh, every day is a new challenge. Children drop out when we try to mobilize them to, um, for a course. Families do not support when we try to mobilize women. Then when you work in communities, power relations, they come into uh, play. But in the end, if you are passionate, if you are determined, to progress in your purpose change will surely happen i
0: so, think that's an amazing saying about yeah change so that's
2: happens. that's the mantra which actually
1: i have learned and experienced yeah that's actually amazing, amazing. and i, I think- it must be extremely satisfying to transform people's lives from like point a to be, point B be much much better, and it must be just amazing how they impact the community and how like it's like a ripple effect. Like you change one person, and the ripple effect is just enormous. It's it must be so satisfying to see that. Absolutely,
0: yeah.
2: absolutely.
0: Yes, you've been uh, as you said you've been working with a lot of children in this lockdown. It's been tough for them, and I feel it's been tough for everyone. And personally, for these children, it must have been tough. But coming back to our mental health theme, how do the children associate with mental health and how has their experience with mental health been in this lockdown?
2: Uh, Well, like I said, uh, for children it has been very, very challenging. And uh, especially these children from marginalized background, they're more vulnerable to anxiety, stress, irritability, trauma, uh, because of various reasons that I just talked about. But At the same time, we have been deeply inspired solidarity and people coming together, help each other. There have been acts of kindness, resilience. So children have uh, been uh, engaged. There are a lot of volunteers who are coming in and they're engaging uh, these children in various hobbies like painting, writing stories, reading books. So a lot is uh, happening uh, on ground. And these are the mechanisms by which children are actually coping to Um, uh, to work on their anxiety and and, uh, their pressures that they are facing during this uh, lockdown. And one of the key things that we have done is we have formed the groups. I think network and groups has been a very important and a major coping mechanism that has helped these children. So children can actually uh, post their concerns on the WhatsApp group. Uh, They can reach out to their mentors. They can reach out to their team leaders. And vice versa, the team leaders, they can go back to the children if they observe any kind of deviancy or if they feel that any kind of help is required. So yeah, they are coping up with uh, with these pressures during this
0: time. That's amazing. Yeah, uh, that's a really network important. is absolutely very necessary. Your peer-to-peer network always helps. Having friends around, Sarthak. Sarthak and I are such good friends and talking to him personally makes me feel better about my day.
1: Yeah, so relatable. And especially at such a level where they don't have as much access to technology. It's just amazing how you, your NGO has contributed and worked towards this. Um, so it's really, really amazing. So how are people which you work with coped up with the anxiety and pressure of these times? And what are some of the stigmas that you think are associated with mental health?
2: Uh, So largely, the people that we work, as I said, they're from marginalized background, and uh, one of them being children, Uh, other than children, there are women that we work with, they have uh, upgraded their skills, they are stitching masks in the community, Uh, they're making handcrafted products, they've become entrepreneurs, then there are communities, we are linking communities with various government schemes and imparting awareness to them so that they can avail benefits of those schemes. Uh, We're training youth through digital mode. Uh, we have seen families who barely had enough to feed their own families. They're cooking a little bit extra for their neighbors. They're sharing vegetables with those who've lost their jobs in the communities. Youth are actually volunteering on ground. And like I said, that uh, uh, the network, building network, has played a big role to build, and it has actually built the grassroots resilience uh, when I talk about the marginalised communities, that is how they are coping up with these pressures and anxiety. Mm,
1: that's
2: an response. Really yeah, so you also asked about the stigmas. The stigmas oh. associated with mental health, right? So, uh, well, it is very common. It is very common. But sometimes these are self and sometimes these are societal imposed. Uh, it is not even considered as disease which needs to be treated treatment method can vary. It can be clinical treatment. It could be spiritual enhancement for some. It could be indulging in various hobbies for others. And we all are impacted by this issue at some point or the other at different stages of life. Important, I feel, is not to escape, but to identify and recognize the anxiety in a person. So communities, they really need to come together if this issue has to be addressed. And impact of social stigma is all the more harmful. So if you really have to remove the stigma, which is stigma, which is associated with mental health, we need to talk about the issue. We need to connect to
1: people whom we trust. So, yeah, yes, ma'am, that's a great answer. Uh, And especially entrepreneurship right now, like making masks and spreading awareness. Like if someone starts a business of making masks, that just spreads awareness, right? That you should wear a mask. So, well, as you've said that there's volunteers who help these, right? But during COVID, all of us have been very scared to go out of our houses. And so I'm pretty sure there's a problem of... um, uh, So how do you think uh, people from privileged backgrounds can contribute to help these people cope with the tough situations right now?
2: It is a tough situation. COVID-19 is a crisis that has huge economic and mental impact. In fact, the reports are indicating that there is an emergence of new poor. So to combat that, privileged communities can surely contribute, uh, first of all, by attitudinal change. They need to be more empathetic and compassionate towards these uh, people from marginalized backgrounds. And uh, volunteer, yes, a lot of volunteers can join in and they are joining us. They're conducting online sessions wherever feasible. Volunteers can connect with NGOs, they can become mentors, they can share their knowledge, they can share the skills in curricular and co-curricular activities like music, dance, yoga, et cetera, with these children. Uh, We also encourage uh, privileged communities to buy handcrafted products made by these uh, women from rural areas or from resettlement colonies or slums to help them become self-reliant, help them in their business plans, people from privileged communities, they can help scale up the businesses, the enterprises of these women. They can conduct counseling sessions. We can develop inclusive approach where people can participate intellectually, they can participate emotionally as well as spiritually. That is what I
1: see, that is how these privileged communities can actually contribute. Yeah, Yeah. I think that's really valid. And yeah, I think um, helping them develop their extracurricular skills, which should volunteer because there is a little, I must say, a little uh, less volunteers showing up during these times. And also, so I think that made a lot of sense. So I think that concludes the yeah, discussion. I
0: think, yeah, uh, the point was very uh, vital. We should help each other. And that's what a community we are trying to create here at Bodhi Talks. We want our viewers to connect with different people, different personalities to see how we can create a peer-to-peer network. Yeah, and this with this, we come to an end to our first episode of Bodhi Talks. Thank you guys for tuning in. Just send us some feedback if you have on our Instagram platforms, which is... And I would also like there.
1: to... I would also like to thank Chandni, ma'am, for uh, coming with us uh, uh, and hosting the episode with us. That was really a lot of help, ma'am. And I'm sure our viewers are going to be much more enlightened as to what is happening uh, outside their homes. So thank you for tuning in, ma'am, as well.